It's been a year since California experienced the deadliest wildfire in state history. The town of Paradise was destroyed and 85 people were killed in the campfire. PG&E has since filed for bankruptcy and the utility's future is uncertain, with Governor Gavin Newsom hinting at the possibility of the state taking over the power lines. Over the last month, PG&E has preemptively shut off power to millions of Californians in an effort to prevent the spread of fires and limit the company's potential liabilities. With the latest drama surrounding PG&E's future and the state pushing through its peak wildfire season, we thought now would be the perfect time to revisit a podcast episode. On today's show, we're re-airing a conversation we had with Alyssa Hoddenfield. She's a video producer at the Sacramento Bee who made a documentary about the campfire. I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation. We are not going to have a circus here. I appreciate the president's tweet when he thanked me. Can you please hug me? (laughs) California's leaders are in open defiance of federal law. You know what, everybody? They never thought we could do it. It was like hell on earth. County 13 is bad. Hey guys, walk towards the left. The documentary is about the campfire and it uh, is basically journalists from the Sacramento Bee explaining how they covered it, what it was actually like to be up there because most people, when there's a fire happening, you flee from it, you go away, and journalists do the opposite and go into it. And so most people don't know what that experience is like, so it was really important to get that first-hand experience from the journalist and from the sheriff. We came in through the backside on Pence, so um, it looked pretty big, but we didn't really know the magnitude when we were going up there. Immediately, once we get into town, I mean, everywhere you go, it's on fire. You can't really see anything. I mean, you can't even see the next hillside. But you could just tell that right away that this was chaos trying to get out. You would see cars on the side of the road that had been burned over. It was like a movie set, like where cars are crashed into poles, cars are crashed against each other, they're crushed. I knew it was bad when I saw a CHP cruiser with its airbags deployed, just sitting there in this canyon with a bunch of burned cars all around it. Bulldozer tracks going through the middle of the road where they had actually pushed the cars off to make room to get people out. Paradise was such a limited and difficult place to get out of. There's only four main arteries out of the town and because the fire moved so fast it forced so many people onto the roads and they couldn't get out. That's actually what made me want to do the documentary was because I was going through hours and hours of drone footage and editing it down to make a three-minute video, and it just didn't seem to do it justice. You know, he was out there with the drone, and it was just mass destruction. And to see it on that level, I think that was just really powerful. And for our listeners, as they're closing their eyes, just picturing the drone overhead, what are they looking at? I mean, nothing. I mean, it's just all ash and all debris, and maybe there's a few structures standing. It looks post-apocalyptic, honestly, because there's no one there. There's nothing there. It looks like a bomb dropped. It really does. What I was telling everybody was that homes that are standing are the exception. That's what I saw over the 
days that I was up there. Homes and buildings that are standing are the exception. Walk our listeners through the title and how you guys came up with that and why it was a living hell. Oh, yeah. Um, The title honestly came pretty naturally. I think Jason and I were just sitting there talking about, I mean, the town is called Paradise. So for a title, I mean, Paradise became hell. It literally became hell because you think of hell, you think of flames. You think of mass destruction. You think of the worst possible thing that could happen to you. And that's what happened in Paradise. Paradise literally became hell for these people. And she literally said she was running from this tornado of fire with her cat for eight hours. We hid behind rocks. We hid behind a bench. We hid behind cars. I was watching the fire as it moved. And um, as it moved, we, we moved. There's a few mobiles standing, and then the room that I took refuge in, it was standing. She got inside the shelter. She ripped the drapes off of the windows so that she could stay warm, and they both drank water out of a little plastic um, container for two days. And emergency vehicles going by couldn't hear my screams. I kept going outside, help, help. And nobody heard her till finally her son um, contacted the police, and they found her there. I caught up with his car and, and knocked on his window and said, I'm the one you're looking for, I believe. I think a lot of those pets saved their owner's lives because all she could talk about was her cat and how she wanted to save that cat. I would just like to say to the Sheriff's Department of Paradise, thank you so much for saving me. And I just, I'm so grateful that you did and that you found me because you saved my cat too. This is the deadliest wildfire in California history. When you hear that, what enters your mind? I mean, I think it's hard to wrap your head around. I, th- I think it is because you hear 86 people and you compare that, you can see there's graphs out there with death tolls from previous fires and the worst ones don't even come close to the toll of the campfire. So I think seeing it in that sense, it was like something went horribly, horribly wrong here. And this was just something that California's never seen before. On a personal level for you, why is this documentary so important? I think it's because, so I I recently moved to California. I'm originally from North Dakota. We have fires there, but definitely not California wildfires. You know, they're a thing of its own. And I had family members back in North Dakota contacting me asking, how close are you to the fires? Where's this at? What is it like? And I struggled to find the words to explain what it was like. You know, I was saying go to the Sacramento Bee's website, like there's a lot of great reporters doing a lot of great stories, but I really struggled to explain, like on the phone with- You've just gotta see it. Yeah, you, you have to see it because explaining it, like putting it in words doesn't exactly do it in something of this magnitude. You know, you, you need to see it. You need to hear firsthand what it was like. Fires can happen really, really fast, and it used to be that we would think, oh, fires only happen out in, in the woods and, you know, they'll never come to us. But, I mean, as we've seen the last couple of years, I mean, it, it can hit anybody, and it can come from the forest all the way to the ocean side. Alyssa, thank you so much for producing this documentary for us, and thank you for coming on the show. It was yeah. great to have you. Thanks for having me. And we'll be right back. You're listening to California Nation.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of California Nation. I'll return to your podcast feed in two weeks with a new episode looking at the 2020 election on the Democratic side. To keep up with all the latest political news, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Brian R. Anderson. That's B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. And if you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps listeners like you find our show. Until next time, I'm Brian Anderson. This is California Nation.